It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Packers. Your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com and CBSSports.com networks. And an unprecedented version of Locked On Packers as I talk to you en route to Indianapolis to the 2017 Scouting Combine. Yes, I am talking and driving. Hey, beats texting, right? Thank you, as always, for listening. I sincerely appreciate that. Sorry for my absence the last couple days. As I've told you a couple times in the last couple weeks, I was knee-deep in my annual pack report scouting combine package. I'm not quite done yet. i got about 13 cornerbacks to write up, but I've read up about 300 players in the last couple weeks. I am practically brain-dead, but we'll see how I get by through five days of the combine. Um, if you haven't checked it out, please do so. Um, each of the position groups is broken into two or three stories, and each of those has a free element to it, where I talk to you about six, seven, eight, nine of the players. A lot of really, really good personal stories, and I'm telling you, it's not just a cliche. Everybody has a story. Everybody's got one. And I tell as many of those, tell as, many of those as I can in that combine package. If you haven't checked that out yet, please do so. In fact, if you do, you'll find a coupon code there for a free month of coverage over at PackerReport.com. So you buy one month, you get a second month for free, and that'll take you all the way through the 2017 draft. And speaking of that, if you haven't checked out Locked on NFL Draft yet, what are you missing? John Ludyard and the guys over there do a great job with that podcast. Once again, it is Locked on NFL Draft. I love the scouting combines. It's been one of my favorite events for a long time. I love the state of Indiana, too. The people are great. Some really great restaurants downtown. Here's what I don't like. You know how when you're in a left lane, you're supposed to drive faster than everybody else? I don't think that rule applies in Indiana. I probably would be in Indy by now, if not for all the guys in the left lane going 70, passing the guys in the right lane who are going 69. It is unbelievable. Um, Total lack of etiquette. But otherwise, I have no complaints. It's going to be a nice, warm weekend. Not that it matters to me, because I'll be inside, but... And I do apologize to my wife, Mrs. Packer, report forecast for two to four inches of snow in Green Bay on Wednesday. Sorry, dear. I hope you can get the uh, snowblower started. Otherwise, just let it melt. I've been coming to the Combine since 2009, and every year it's been at Lucas Oil Stadium. A little bit of a change this year. You know, it's funny. Everybody asks, how's the Combine? How's the Combine? Well, if you like talking to people, it's great. And I, and I do like talking to people, because that's, that's what my whole combine package is for, is for talking to the guys about 
personal stories, life stories, stuff like that. But, you know, it's always been at Lucas Oil Stadium. We never get to watch the guys work out, which is fine. Because I really have no interest. I know I know there's a lot of people who get geeked on 40-yard times and vertical jumps and the bench press and all that stuff. I don't care about that. Watching people run makes no difference to me. You know, at the end of the day, the 40-yard times do matter to some extent, but I, I don't get too hung up on that stuff either. And, you know, Ted Thompson, the Packers general manager, has told the story a thousand times that they'll come to the combine with their draft board all set. And then the combine, somebody will run really fast or somebody will run really slow or, or whatever. And they'll adjust their draft boards accordingly. And then they go through the pro days and they adjust them again. And he says, by, by the time the draft comes along, the draft boards, by and large, go back to what they were pre-scouting combine. As in, all this stuff is great. The interviews are great. 40-yard times are great. But at the end of the day, it's the tape that matters. It's what do you see of that player on tape? Can he run fast? Okay, great. Does he play fast? Does he play strong? Does he know what in the hell he's doing? So I, you know, you're going to hear a lot of things about risers and fallers and... You know, somebody shoot me if I write that stuff. But I don't get too hung up in someone running fast or not running fast. To me, the value in this is the information. I love talking to players. I will tell their stories. In the context of, does player A fit with the Packers? You know, if you're a diehard Packers fan, you probably know a lot of this stuff. You might love some corner who intercepted 15 passes in college. You know, come here and run a 4 3 5 40. But if he runs, I mean, if he, if he measures in at 5 feet, 10 inches tall, the Packers won't give a crap about him because the Packers don't draft short guys. They don't draft short corners. They don't draft short wide receivers. They don't uh, draft scat back running backs. The Packers are pretty well set in what they like for a lot of positions. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They like big running backs. Why? Because big running backs translate to Lambeau Field. They like big corners. Why? Because Terrell Buckley got killed when he was younger and Ron Wolf thought he would never draft another short corner and that draft philosophy is held true. They just don't draft short guys, they don't draft small guys. So keep that in mind when you see that Joe Blow runs a you know a, a 4-3-5-40. Well is is he short? If he's short, then it doesn't matter the Packers, they're not gonna draft him. But anyways, we are gonna be in a convention center for the next five days. This used to be four days. It used to be coaches and GMs on Wednesday and into Thursday and maybe a smattering of players on Wednesday and then it would kind of hit on Thursday. This year they got it spread over five days. Uh, Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson talk on Wednesday and I will have their highlights in on the uh, Locked On podcast on Thursday. But McCarthy and Thompson talk Wednesday and then it is five days It'll be four days of nothing but prospects. So it's a more spread out process this year than it has been in the past. I'm hoping it's good for me so I can talk to more guys and focus more on guys and get all my Packers stuff out of the way on Wednesday. But the interesting thing is, well, maybe not an interesting thing, but because we're not in the, we're not at Lucas Oil this year, we're at a convention center. So I think it kind of diminishes the chances of, is of us running into actual NFL people and NFL people being kind of have to talk to us. So I think. I'm guessing that that's what the NFL's thinking was, is less information is better in league circles. And if we don't talk, to, if we don't see NFL people, then we're less apt to talk to them. So anyways, the schedule is McCarthy and Thompson on Wednesday, and then the players in full force 
starting on Thursday. And, and that um, the climax of that will be Sunday with the defensive backs, and that, of course, means cornerbacks, which has to be priority number one for the Packers. Cleaning up one bit of news from last week, the Packers were awarded a fifth-round compensatory draft pick for losing cornerback Casey Haber last offseason. The fifth rounder was the expectation. Um, cop picks are based almost entirely on money. And if there's ever proof of that, it was this year. Um, because Casey Hayward, of course, led the NFL with seven interceptions. Um, I believe he was a Pro Bowl guy and might have got all pro votes as well. But it didn't make a bit of difference because he did not get much of a contract. And therefore, the Packers do not get an adjustment based on any kind of accolades performance. This was surely about money. And the Packers end up with a fifth-round compensatory draft pick for losing Hayward. And in retrospect, that just seems awful, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like a bad trade. I, you know, I realize that Hayward had some injury issues. I realize that the Packers drafted Demarius Randall in the first round and Quinton Rounds in the second round, and they already had CM Shields coming back. But in retrospect, in hindsight, of course, always being 2020, a bad move by, a bad move by Ted Thompson letting go of Hayward based on the results of last year. And it's one thing to get these comp picks. And since the dawn of the comp pick system about 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, the Baltimore Ravens have the most comp picks. The Packers are second. They've received the second most comp picks, and that falls in line with Ted Thompson's philosophy of draft and develop, draft and develop. You know, you, know, you, you keep your core guys, but you don't keep everybody. And then you get extra comp picks for the guys that you lost. And then you get those comp picks and you turn them into good players. And then you develop them into, into filling holes. Well, that's all well and good when those comp picks bear fruit. But the fact of the matter is the Packers' comp picks, well, Tom's is in a bit of a slump here. His last good comp pick was Mike Daniels with a fourth-round draft pick back in 2012. In fact, the Packers got two compensatory draft picks in that draft. They also got another fourth-rounder after the Daniels pick. They took safety Jerron McMillan from Maine. Obviously, the Packers had a hole at safety in that draft. And McMillan was super athletic. He was strong. He was productive, obviously, at a small school. An intelligent guy. None of it mattered. Not a bit. He, uh, McMillan played a bit. Basically, it was terrible. And uh, didn't last long in Green Bay and didn't last long in the league. And that has set off a lengthy losing streak, so to speak, for Ted Thompson as compensatory draft picks. All right, I have arrived at my destination in beautiful, gray and drizzly Indianapolis. Hopefully this will sound better. Uh, I do have some car issues and going 75 miles an hour down the interstate probably sounds like I'm in a wind tunnel. So back to the compensatory picks. In 2012, they had Mike Daniels and Jerron McMillan. So since the Daniels pick, they've had a total of eight compensatory picks. Jerron McMillan, Fourth round, 2012. Josh Boyd, defensive tackle, fifth round, 2013. Richard Rodgers, third round tight end, 2014. Jared Darris, wide receiver in the fifth round in 2014. In 2015, two fifth rounders, or excuse me, two sixth rounders. Defensive tackle Christian Ringo, tight end Kennard Backman. In 2016, a pair of fourth rounders. Blake Martinez, Dean Lowry. So once again, 12th round safety, Jerron McMillan. Um, not 12th round, 2012. 2013, defensive tackle, Josh Boyd. 2014, 
Tight end Richard Rodgers, receiver Jared Aberderis. 2015, defensive tackle Christian Ringo, tight end Kennard Backman. 2016, linebacker Blake Martinez, defensive tackle Dean Lowry. Of those eight picks, four aren't on the team. McMillan, Boyd, Aberderis, and Backman. And of those eight picks, really only two are, I guess I would term them uh, semi-starters with Richard Rodgers and Blake Martinez. Obviously, the jury's still out on Martinez and Lowry. Maybe those guys will pan out. The other guy is Christian Ringo, a very, very, very limited role player. And Richard Rodgers um, may or may not be the guy, depending on the free agent, fee, free agent fate of Jared Cook. So clearly, again, it's great to have these comp picks, but you better do something with them if you're going to lose quality guys like Casey Hayward. Hayward turns in a great season for the Chargers. Can the Packers capitalize that? Capitalize on that with a pick toward the end of the fifth round? All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Interesting spot here for Green Bay. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is number one, and Brett Hundley is number two. Now, the interesting thing to me is, is what is Green Bay's long-term vision with Hundley? Do they see Hundley as the guy for Rodgers for the next two years of his contract? Or... Do they see Hundley as a potential trade pick? Kind of like New England could possibly do with Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. Does Green Bay see... How do they see him? Is he the backup? Or is he a guy that they would like to keep for this year and then try to trade next offseason for a draft pick? Obviously, Hundley, I think, I think he's incredibly talented. He's smart. He's got an arm. He's athletic. He works hard. He's competitive. You create a bunch of things in a box that you need to chuck off for a quarterback. I think Brett Hundley has all those things to be an NFL starter. Now, obviously, some of that was curtailed um, with, with injuries last preseason where he wasn't able to showcase that. But if Green Bay thinks Hundley is the backup going forward, then all this conversation is moot. If Green Bay would like to trade Hundley for another draft pick, remember, he was a fifth-round pick, if they would like to trade him, you know, really showcase him this preseason, give him a million reps, showcase him, so when next year comes around, next for the next draft, he's worth something. If that's the plan, do you have to go get a quarterback in this draft so you can start grooming him right away? It's a bad draft of quarterbacks. There might be four taken in the first round. It doesn't mean that none of them are any good. It's just that the fact that you need to have a quarterback. And you better go get one. And we're talking in no particular order. Uh, Notre Dame's Deshaun Kaiser. North Carolina's, North Carolina's Mitch Trubisky. Texas Tech's Patrick Mahomes is the guy who I really like. Not that it really matters. And Clemson's Deshaun Watson, who has everything in the world other than height. So those four guys are long gone. They're all first. You know what? All those guys are going to go in the first round. If not the first round, you're talking the first three or four picks of the second round. All those guys are off the draft board. So who are you looking at? Well, there are 15 quarterbacks at the Combine, and here's a few guys that I like. I'm going to lead off with Tennessee's Joshua Dobbs. Why do I like Dobbs? A, he's played. He started 35 games in his career. He's athletic. With more than twenty, with uh, more than twenty one hundred yard, twenty one hundred rushing yards, easy for me to say. 
Um, two, like I said, we're on three, right? He's a, yeah, A's got experience. Let's do this all over again. A's got experience. B's got production. C's athletic. And D, he's smart. How smart? He interned with Pratt and Whitney. Where he, where he worked on the manufacture and service of aircraft engines for the United States government. Um, he's a guy who I'm going to talk to on Thursday, and I'm going to feel like the biggest underachiever in the world. What am I? Josh, what are you going to do? Well, either I'm going to be a professional quarterback or I'm going to be a rocket scientist. What are you? I write about football. So, yeah, I, I, will, feel like the, I, will, <laughs> I will feel like the biggest loser. Um, so he's got all those intangibles. Two, Jer- Jared Evans of Virginia Tech. He's only 6'2". Green Bay doesn't not covet height at quarterback. I mean, they don't covet short guys. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers was, I think he was a 6'3", or, a, you know, a fraction less than 6'3". So Green Bay doesn't exactly covet that. Um, he had one really big season at Virginia Tech, so he doesn't have the experience factor. But he threw for a lot of yards. In fact, he threw for 3,500 yards. He ran for almost 850. A total of 41 total touchdowns. Um, he's smart. He spent time at the Air Force. Um, you don't go to the Air Force by not being smart and by not being a leader. So those are two guys there. Brad Kea from Miami. 6'4", 210. He threw for almost 10,000 yards in his career. Um, I'm not sure he's going to wow anybody athletically. I mean, just to see, you know, we're, I just talked him 40 times a while ago and how I kind of mock them. I'll be interested to see how he runs. But he is the, the um, he's like the uh, three-legged unicorn of this draft in, in that he played in an honest-to-God pro-style system rather than this Mickey Mouse spread stuff. So, Kia gives you that. Nathan Peter from Peterman from Pittsburgh. Peterman started his career at Tennessee. Joshua Dobbs is the guy. Peterman transfers. He already had his degree. Transfers to Pittsburgh. Plays a couple years there. And his senior was really good. Almost 2,900 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a pro-style system. Quarterbacks have to come through in big games. He beat Clemson. Clemson won the national championship. So I like that in Peterman, that he's got big game experience and he's won big games. He's risen to the occasion. He threw five touchdowns in that game. I like that. And he actually outplayed Dobbs at the, at the Senior Bowl where he, he fared pretty well. And last, but not least since I'm going in alphabetical order here, Davis Webb from Cal. Now, I don't, th- I don't think Green Bay would take him. I, I think Webb is maybe that second-tier kind of guy. Webb started his career at Texas Tech. But Mahomes had that job, so he goes to Cal where he places Jared Goff. Spread system, none of this, you know, the stats that to some respect don't matter. Almost 4,300 passing yards, 37 touchdowns. He ranked in the top five nationally in attempts, yards, completions, points responsible for, total offense, and touchdown passes. The guy threw, I mean, the guy counted for 43 total touchdowns and had 10 300-yard passing games. The guy is 6'5", so, you know, I don't... Green Bay's never really had that tall quarterback other than, you know, a cup of coffee with Vince Young. And isn't that funny that Vince Young is trying to uh, restart his career? Vince Young sucked. 
I'm sorry. I mean, some of it, yeah. I mean, he got thrown into it late. I mean, he didn't have a grasp of the offense, but he was terrible. And I felt bad for the guy because clearly he got by for his entire football career based on being the most talented guy in the field. I don't think the guy was ever coached. The guy was 6'5", or 6'6", wherever the hell he was. But his release was so um, so not over the top. I mean, he might as well have been 6'3". So he was he was terrible. But um, I'm, So anyway, Green Bay's never really had a tall quarterback before. It'd be interesting to see him take a flyer on him, but I think Webb will be gone anyway. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. We will have more draft talk and highlights from Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson later this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.